1: The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate Architectural, this is Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shave.
0: For our guest today, we want to welcome Ken Hayes, architect and principal of the Hayes Group Architects, where design is an iterative process to ensure the solutions created accurately reflect your core values, goals, and missions. We'll be talking today about diverse design and innovative practical architectural solutions. Hello and welcome, Ken. We're honored and glad for you to be here today.
2: Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent.
0: When, when do you think you began your, uh, your love or intrigue uh, of architecture, Ken?
2: Well, as, as is common with many architects, if you ask them. Um, it often starts at a young age, and it was no different for me. Um, I grew up in uh, a town in the East Bay called Pleasanton, and uh, when the family moved there in uh, the early or the mid '60s, um, we uh, uh, saw how much the town was changing. It was about 12,000 people, and uh, there was all kinds of construction going on. And I think that that um, that playground of all these construction sites mm-hmm. kind of um, enlightened me to uh, the world of at least construction, and then. Uh, eventually, architecture. Um, I think my mother was the first one that actually said the word architect to me. Um, I had no idea, probably, what architecture was, and this was probably when I was in sixth grade, something like that. Um, when I uh, when I entered uh, uh, middle school, I remember enrolling in uh, architectural drawing classes and technical drawing classes, which was great because that's you know back yeah. then they they offered that. In sixth grade, and they did. Oh, that's this,
0: was seventh, okay. this was in seventh. This is in
2: seventh grade, um, and uh, uh, the the the. Teacher from from that seventh grade class actually um, moved with this group of students all the way through our senior year of high school, and so by the time I was graduating, the teacher was actually working at a design studio <laughs> that I was working at. Perfect. Together, yeah. so it was kind of it was interesting how it went. But I owe a lot to uh, to his inspiration and. Uh, um,
0: oh, so that was sta- sixth grade. Sixth grade, you knew you had a the sense that. This is for you yeah,
2: yeah it was clear I, okay. I, I, I've never wanted to be anything else other than maybe a real estate developer
0: okay and do you do work sometimes in that or do you even advise you probably work with developers. well we, yeah. we
2: work with developers all the yeah, time yeah. that's the majority of our of our business so it's um, segue rather seamlessly or well so so I was kind of enamored by John Portman's model um, when I was uh, even both for, uh, before college this was in high school. And uh, John Portman, I think at the time, was building the Hyatt Regency Hotel in San Francisco. And I remember visiting there and reading about that project. And, uh, and he is sort of an architect developer, yeah. right? He develops these hotels all, all throughout the world. And I thought that was a great model, um, thinking that I would go in that direction um, uh, at some point in my career. Uh, in fact, funny funny story. The, the first house I ever designed um, was a house for myself that was going to be a, a spec house that would launch into my development career. Okay. And and the, the guy I worked for said, you know, I, we were talking about at the time moving into this house because it was like 1988 and the economy was sort of uh, sinking. And I was looking for a way to just like uh, endure for a little bit. And I said, I was going to move into the house. And my, my the principal I worked for looked at me and said, if you do that, you'll never be what you wanted to be? <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I still live in the house today. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so uh, we built it in 1987, 88. Okay. What city
0: was that in? Again,
2: it's in it's in Emerald Hills. Okay, so, so you're it's in just Emerald Hills, up, oh, Yeah, right. up off of 280. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a place that uh, we, <laughs> we, we we finished over the years, but it was a great experience to be you know yeah. be there and we built it essentially.
0: Wow. In wow. fact,
2: uh, I don't really want to talk a whole lot about that. But no, we, please we, do. We we, we got into it. Okay. Um, and. Uh, I was doing some projects over in Singapore at the time, and flying back and forth. And the uh, the contractor that I had hired um, was uh, essentially having a real difficult problem getting the house built. And so uh, he had started in October. I came home from one of these business trips in in December, mm-hmm. and uh, essentially had to had to terminate him because of some issues with the construction. And so from that point on, he was the general contractor. From that point on, we became a general. I I became the general contractor on the. On the home, so it was a real learning experience. Wow! Yeah. So,
0: so, so, so uh, how, what was your experience? i like, going to go to Singapore. I mean, was it architecture related? Or? It was. Yeah. Okay. We, we, were,
2: we were working for a Silicon Valley company that we still work for today, um, and do work all over the world with them, from from Dubai to China to Australia, um, yeah. and and uh, it's been a long a long relationship. It's all interior architecture.
0: Okay, interior architecture. Yeah. How how is that in, in uh, terms of working with their municipalities and how different is it than working here in the states do you have to a lot of adjustments in in
2: Singapore the uh, the building codes were pretty much based on a UK model okay Um, so you had to learn a lot of new language new terms but there's always a local architect all right so there's a local architect that takes the responsibility for being the architect of record that would then drive the plans through to this you know through for building permit so we would be we were the design consultants essentially
0: Okay, so design. So does right. that, did that end, was that your first foray to uh, international? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, and so yeah, exactly. now you've 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 built you've had projects around the world, correct?
2: for the same client. For the yeah. same client. Yeah. So it's, okay. it's it's gone on for about thirty years now, which is wow. been just a fantastic experience. Wow. So, so
0: you're familiar mm-hmm. with working around the world all the time, then? What, so what, what so, so we do
2: we do a lot of work um, around okay. the world, and uh, there's probably you know, four projects at a time that are in some other location. It's only design work. And uh, after we did all the Singapore work early on, um, this was back in the, the 90s probably, um, we, uh, I, I decided that I didn't want to do a whole lot of traveling. So actually Jason Hollam does the traveling, my partner. Okay. Uh, yeah. and, and he's enjoying that.
0: Great. So. How's How would you uh, meet, you and Jason? So,
2: you so Jason, um, I hired uh, about 16 years ago. So okay. he's been with the firm for that period of time. Uh, I remember the interview that day that he came into the office. He was recommended to me by a colleague that I had gone to school with, and I sort of reached out. The best the best referrals that I get for uh, potential prospective empo- mm-hmm. employees are, f- are from friends that I have in the industry. Okay. And so my friend had recommended him and, uh, um, I interviewed him and I think he ex- made him an offer. And I think the next day he accepted the offer. When was this um, or approximately? This was uh, around 2000. So yeah. 2016 yeah. years going yeah, on. Seven, 16 years ago, 17 yeah. years. Yeah. And, and so now he's a partner Okay. Um, in, in, oh, great. in the business. Yeah. So it's, a, it's great having, um, having someone that, uh, that has an equity stake in the business that you're able to just bounce ideas off of you know what's the next step what are we going to do um, we just opened an office in san francisco um, we have we haven't staffed it yet okay but we're so but we're working we're working on on, on getting staff so is it uh, empty now just it's yeah, it's, it's, i have it, I, I, okay. we're subleasing it right now to an artist that is having some shows there and so once he's done with his shows we'll start moving in but um it, it was our strategy to try to it's, it's really tough right now to to find talent Okay. Um, and to keep talent, especially when your office is down the peninsula, uh, yeah. Redwood City.
0: What do you think that is? Is it, is it uh, or
2: the, the energy? People they want to be in uh, the the young talent okay. wants to be up in the city, I think, okay. in San Francisco. And so it's hard to lure them down here. So they'd much rather be up there. So we thought, well, why don't we get a location up in San Francisco?
0: Okay. And have you found uh, people to, to staff that, or you,
2: we're in the we're in the process. You're, of doing you're, that. you're in the process. Yeah. 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 So it's gonna be it's gonna be you know uh, an interesting. Um, experiment. I think we've never, we've only ever had one office. And so how do you transfer the culture of that office that you've had in the same location for 16 years? Yeah. How do you take that culture with, with new staff or even with one or two existing staff that might move up there? And, and, and how do you perpetuate the culture that you have at the, at the, the mother, you know, the mothership, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So we're not quite sure how to do that. We're it's, it'll be an experiment. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Now,
0: speaking of culture, um, how would you describe it is it, it, the, the culture of uh, your firm um is it uh, you know easy going is it uh, i think it's rather dynamic just from looking at it but that's, that's i'm going to be biased of course okay. but how would you describe it is it based on kind of how you feel a practice ought to ought to run um
2: well, it's a it's a studio okay. environment. Right? Studio so environment. Okay. A we have a very uh, very kind of cool creative space in Rebus City, sort of in this industrial area south of Woodside Road. Um, bowstring trusses, you know, uh, concrete block walls. Um, and it's one big open studio with the exception of you know support spaces conference rooms that sort of thing but you know my office I don't have an office i'm out i'm out in the open space and I think that it helps foster a, a collaborative kind of environment and culture and it's something that I'm always harping on sort of at, at company meetings is yeah. that I really want it to be a creative you know collaborative experience at the office it's not You know, the projects that we work on, there may be someone in charge of that project, but that project is the office's project. It's not that individual's project necessarily. And so everyone should feel like they can offer their opinions on on projects that they see on the boards um, or that they know are in the office. Yeah, so it sounds like they have an
0: autonomy within it, within the structure. Oh,
2: the staff. Yes. Absolutely. Staff. Okay. Absolutely. And I, okay. and I want to encourage you. That that's where the, the best ideas come from, kind of around the water cooler. You know, if you get so <laughs> focused on a, on a certain direction or an idea, you get kind of this, this, this tunnel vision. Yeah. And you can't see it any other way. Yeah. Um, and I actually think this is one of the issues I have with sort of the digital age um, yeah. in that. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, it's, it's, tell me. I'm curious. Well, okay. it's,
2: I, I've always said that I, I feel like the studio environment is really hard to maintain today okay. with everyone looking in their computer screen. It used to be, um, you know, when when I was young, out of school, and throughout the 80s, um, you had the more traditional architectural studio that you might envision. You you, you walk in, everyone's sort of at a desk, a drawing board, Mm -hmm. um, a stool, and everyone has a a pencil or pen in their hand, and they're not turned away from each other looking at a computer screen. They're sort of looking at each other or sort of in the, you know, at the back of someone else. But what they're working on is in front of them on the board, it's exposed for commentary. Anybody can can come in and, you know, as you go to get your coffee at the coffee station, on your way back, you see what's on someone's board, you stop, you talk about it. It doesn't happen so I'm much following. that easily okay. today because okay. everyone's, turned, everyone's turned around looking into their computer screen. And yeah. so it's more of a deliberate effort today as opposed to sort of a happenstance or just, you know, uh, uh, something that, um, is uh, un, un, unexpected or unpredictable.
0: Yeah, so it sounds like it was more in, engaging. The Kind of the, not the, yeah, it is. The old way was much more engaging. Is right. that correct?
2: I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think so. So how okay. do you, so that's How do you a, replicate a that now? Right. Well, I keep saying, you know, and, and I, they're making advances in flat screen, and that's helped a lot, um, but I can't wait until you've got a flat screen, you know, uh, <laughs> monitor that is like a drawing board, essentially, so everyone can kind of return to sort of that, and you see... Uh, what they're working on in front of them uh, yeah. as you walk through, as opposed to, you know, and and they're then facing the office as opposed to being faced away from the office. Now, I suppose it could change um, depending upon how you configure your workstations, but the way that we have ours configured, everyone is turned away um, yeah. at their monitor. So
0: so that's how you keep the, um, the old spirit alive in the digital age, or... That's how I think yeah. it's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's hard
2: to, in my mind to yeah. keep it, to keep it alive. So you're um, at the right forefront now. of that.
0: and yeah. your, your clients, um, I also notice uh, you have a, a pretty uh, diverse types of clients. but a theme that I notice and tell me if you think I'm, um, this is correct, but I'm going to take a, have a go at it, is you still enable the clients on a completed project from what I saw, they still have a, a sense of who their business and what their business does without you just pouring into, hey, here's how it ought to look and here's how it ought to look. Oh, be. absolutely. Okay, yeah. yeah I, I, noticed, I, I noticed that range. It's a big – I'll use that word range because I thought you had a great range. Uh-huh, thank speci- you. Specifically with your commercial clients and that the, the theme of their business or the purpose of their business was you replicated that very good without kind of just um, – I don't want to say, a bullying or kind of saying, hey, where's my style and this is the way it goes. Yeah, no, I
2: think if you, and there okay. are architects like that. Okay. The, 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 I would think the star architects, you you go, or star yeah. architects as they call them, you go to them because of a specific style, and that's, you know, that's what what interests you. Yeah. Um, that's art, not art.
0: easy to do, is to be able to take the voice, I mean, the voice, the, the vision of the client, and actually create their vision without it but you have yeah. to do it
2: yeah so so um, yeah. we go so how do you do we go, how do we go, do we go through do that? a process yeah, yeah how a, is your
0: process If you, so yeah,
2: yeah. so and, and it depends whether okay. you know sort of what phase of the project you're on um, okay uh often, from ground
0: zero just zero you know hey we don't know what to do what do we
2: well mo- yeah. so most of our works are, are developer driven projects okay, so especially so. in the local communities here in terms of building shells so the practice does a lot of interior architecture um, we do a lot of adaptive reuse and renovations um, we do some, uh, you know, some restaurants and bars and hospitality kind of projects like that. Um, but the new building shells or the shell remodels, um, the developers pretty much have an idea. I mean, the program is real simple, and the program okay. would be sort of what their requirements are, right? And it's pretty simple. It's basically get me as much square footage as you can get approved, um, and and, and, and right. because because it's it's a it's a bottom line, um, you know, uh, thing for for many of them, okay. and and so. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the program is simple, but they're more interested in um, your expertise in helping them get their project approved in that jurisdiction, All right. So um, unless you're working for a company that, that, that is trying to create a vision or a, a defined style that, that is their brand, mm-hmm. all you right, um, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out with this particular client what the Um, what the best way to approach the project would be, and taking into consideration, you know, compatibility and local zoning issues, and going through the entitlement process. What is that going to be like, and do we think that it's, uh, you know, that it's achievable? Um, So that's one kind of project, right? Developer. When we get into doing interiors, um, we're doing um, projects for a specific client that's going to occupy the space, all right, and many times this is in a building that we've designed, Um, sometimes it's not in a building we've designed. And we go through a uh, sort of a a visioning process uh, with them um, and in a more formal programming process. And so we look at form, function, economy, time um, with regard to, uh, you know, understanding what their goals and needs are, um, you know, kind of evaluating what the facts are related to their current business and what of those facts are relevant that we want to bring into um, the new facility. And so the end result of that Process is sort of a clear program that identifies, you know, physical aspects, but also, um, you know, cultural issues with with the business. What are they trying to promote to their staff? Um, and 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 image issues or image concerns. And so, uh, we use a lot of photographs to try to get information from them. So the more information we get, um, the better we can define what the problem is. Excellent. And once we have a defined problem, then we go into the, de- the design solutions. Excellent. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU
0: Stanford 90.1. We're talking today with Ken Hayes, principal of the Hayes Group here in Redwood City, California.
1: Curiosity is a science and wildlife center that seeks to help children acquire the tools needed to deeply understand the changing world. Curiosity engages and educates families and children through natural animal habitats, gardens, exhibits, and programs that relate to the Bay Area and the global environment. You're invited to become a museum member, to volunteer, or to touch science by visiting and meeting the animals. For more information, go to curiodyssey.org. That's C-U-R-I-O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y dot org. Thank you.
0: In the visioning process, elaborate just a little bit more, Ken, on the visioning process that you were describing. So
2: it's it's important for us to sort of... Um, understand what the um, what the client's image is about. What are they trying to project to the public? What are they trying to project to their employees? What is it about their image that they um, want emphasized to attract new talent um, into the company? Um, and so uh, we try to go through a process. It's mostly a photographic process, or a, I'm sorry, a, an image process of showing them photographs of. Um, you know, do you consider your, are you a Ferrari, are you are you a, are you a Cadillac, are you a, are you are you the Volkswagen? Not to, not to pick on Volkswagen, but you know, <laughs> but I've had you know, two. Where, you know, oh, sorry. So, <laughs> so where do you where do you where do you fit in? How do you how do you see your company? Um, and uh, and and we talk about um, you know sort of uh, different sort of aesthetics. Um, okay. Are you more of a, a modern aesthetic? Are you traditional? Um, how, uh, you know, how do you see yourself? Are you more established? Are you cutting edge, um, entrepreneurial? Um, little psychology involved in. little psychology involved. Okay. Yeah. They always advise architects to take a little bit of psychology into oh. college. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a fun process uh-huh. and, um, and we find that it's, uh, that it's very useful in helping us to establish kind of a defined uh, direction to move the design in.
0: Yeah. Did you utilize CAD, uh, VIM? How well, you... for that process? Okay, yeah. Well,
2: for that process, no. Um, we, we would utilize, um, you know, sort of concept sketches. Um, so a lot of this could be by hand. It, it, it may be computer-drawn, um, but you wouldn't use BIM at this point okay. in this process. Actually, for, for rapid sort of 3D modeling, we use a program called SketchUp, and that's uh, pretty much industry-wide. You know, Everyone's familiar with SketchUp. It's a um, sort of a, you don't have to invest a lot of time into it to understand how to use it. Um, it's very flexible, and it's you know it's it's it happens real time. Now I don't I don't I don't, I don't use it myself, okay. but the, the staff uses it, and uh, we find that it's uh, very just very fluid. So instead of doing, you know, prototype physical models, which we still do, um, we use SketchUp to help shape the design, the form, and the massing, and so on. So we do it for interior projects. Um, every project we work on today, we. Evaluated in SketchUp, and that, that's how we are designing these spaces, pretty much. Okay. Um, and you know, there may be um, a lot of uh, gesture sketches, concept sketches that are by hand, real time, meeting with the client. Um, but eventually, we we try to bring it into a 3D modeling tool, and it's just so much more efficient in getting uh, client decisions.
0: Yeah, How is and helping it? us understand it. Yeah. Well, how, what's their response usually when you go through the uh, the SketchUp uh, process? Do they say, "Oh my goodness"?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, they have. You got it. it. Yeah. Okay, they do. It it just makes it so much more simple, I think, to get to get the approvals sort of as you need as you move along, Um, and uh, um, it's something you can always refer back to. Um, We typically put a movie together, um, and and, so when we go meet with the client, we essentially just show them a movie of the space, and here's some alternatives as you walk that movie. Of different options on how you could look at uh, certain you know areas of the space. bring Kleenex
0: yeah. too if it's exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, right. or they're they're weeping yeah, right. over there. This is the project I've always dreamed of. Yep. Does that happen yep. as well? Does that? Is it, hey, you know, no. you, I wasn't sure about what I wanted to do, and you've uh, you've you've tapped into it. I does that th- happen?
2: I, I think we get we get responses that yeah this is great right okay. you know this is this is what we, I, we can envision ourselves now in that space. Okay. Um, I, I could I could see that maybe if you're doing a residential project and you had uh, someone that was very intimately you know, yeah. connected to it. Yeah. But commercially they, not as commercially not not, not, not quite so much. Okay. we do a little bit of residential work? Okay. Um, but the majority of our work is uh, is in the commercial. Realm.
0: Commercial. How is it working with you municipalities, states, cities? Um, does that process ever get easier?
2: Or so is it so. Even- yeah, that's a good question, okay. and it's actually one that I wanted to talk about. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, you had uh, you had asked sort of about what uh, um, you know, how do, how do I see the kind of what's happening in the future of uh, of architecture and working you know through um, you know, different uh, clients and so on and sure. municipalities. Yeah, um, the uh, uh, process has gotten to the point where it's burdensome. Um, it's uh, it's it's pretty unusual. Um, Now, uh, we used to complete a project probably in in terms of an entitlement phase. So when you go uh, for a commercial project, um, you you need to get planning entitlements first, Mm -hmm. all right? So that planning phase used to take about, you know, maybe six months. Eight months um, for a new building, let's say in, in downtown Palo Alto, okay. where, where we've done we've done hundreds of buildings in Palo. Alto. So what, in, uh, say ten years ago, maybe or maybe a little no, less. As, as recent as five years ago. Okay, so right. five years ago, yeah.
0: it takes six to eight months. Okay,
2: took six to eight months to get through that process, um, and and today. Um, the process, uh, you're, you're lucky if you get through the process in 14 months. And that's just a standard process where you're not asking for any kind of exceptions to the zoning ordinance. You're not asking for variances and that sort of thing. You are essentially working within the framework that they have set up. Okay. Um, and you may have a project that complies in, in all ways. And it's the, the level of, of scrutiny, the level of development that you have to bring the project, the, the design of the project to. So, you know, schematic design is, is usually, there's a lot left on, you know, un, unknown mm-hmm. still, all right? in schematic design phase. And in this case, what the cities want to see is that they, they want you to take it all the way to where you've got, you know, preliminary engineering, you know what your mechanical system's going to be, um, you've got, uh, um, you know, information on you know, all the materials and how those materials come together, and you want to show them what the details are like on how the materials join one another, and it's um, it's something that, that, that they've... Asked for in a way, but now it's like they won't advance the project until you've provided all this information. Um, And they used to review the projects from CEQA compliance, California Environmental Quality Act. You've probably heard Mm -hmm. that, at least from some other speakers maybe on the show. Um, And the CEQA compliance is probably adding about four months to the process in terms of um, time and um, an added layer of consultants on top of it. So in order to get through the CEQA process, not only do we have architectural drawings, but we have mechanical, landscape, civil. Um, we have acoustical engineers that are involved. We have archeologists that are involved. We've got soils engineers that are involved. They want to see environmental reports on the property. They want to know if there's contaminated groundwater. There's all of these different um, consultants and areas of expertise mm-hmm. that you need to bring to the, the, to the project early on now in order to provide the required reports for the CEQA compliance and evaluation. And and just that CEQA part adds at least four months to the process, maybe even more, because if, if you consider not just their review time, but the time that it takes to get all this information together to submit to the city. Yeah. And, and now, in some jurisdictions, there's no certain outcome, even after you've done all that. So you may be compliant with with uh, all the zoning ordinances and you've provided everything you need. Um, but in certain communities, um, the, the, the community is very concerned about the rapid growth that's occurring. Okay. And that rapid growth has you know, there's heightened awareness about parking, there's heightened awareness about building mass and the number of people in the downtown. Um, and, and so neighborhoods have, have gotten together and they've started to, to question what the, the city planning department is doing in approving these projects. Is that another layer? Another, well, Okay. so you may have your project approved. So we've recently had two projects that were approved through all the planning entitlements stage in in, in downtown Palo Alto. Okay. And uh, and the project is appealed by a a resident, and they're certainly entitled to do that. Um, And once a project is appealed, it is referred to the city council. So here we are, projects completely approved. There's a 10-day appeal period within that window. A community member can file an appeal, and if the appeal is filed, the council can decide whether they want to hear it or not. In these two cases, they decided to hear it, and in fact, sided with the appellant on uh, on the project on on the appeal. And so, we essentially lost the appeal on those projects, and those projects had been in the works one of them f- for probably five years. It was just it was just terrible in terms of what uh, what happens to. Uh, um, you know, everything that was invested yeah. by by, the, by our, all. our our project, yeah. know, our client. Um, and so, you know, I think that there needs to be a new way. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, you know, that, that can't continue to happen. I mean, I'm, we're already seeing projects sort of leaving Palo Alto, I think, because of this uncertainty and the risk that's involved with yeah. projects, especially in the downtown. Um, and so, you know, we all of a sudden have six projects in downtown Menlo Park where before... You know, it was, it was rare that we would have even one project, you know, every couple years maybe in Menlo Park. So we're working on six new buildings right now in downtown Menlo Park, and there's various reasons for that. Um, we're working on probably four or five projects in San Carlos, uh, one in Redwood City, um, and so I'm kind of seeing it shift. Yeah, it's so very. It's a very yeah. interesting dynamic. So, so other cities and are going to
0: benefit from this
2: potentially. Yeah, okay, it's potentially. happening. They are. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I think. That 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 risk needs to be dealt with in Palo Alto because the money is going to follow the least risky you know route. I think. Yes. Um, And this is all
0: recent. We can as as recently as say uh, eighteen months. March,
2: May, uh, the last project sooner. Oh yeah. Okay. So the the last project that we had appealed. Now we've had other projects approved in the time frame, but this one that was the last one that was appealed, um, we uh, we had reached out to the neighborhood. Um, we had been working with one of the neighbors on, on some of the concerns that she, that she had because she had come to the preliminary hearing. Okay. Um, so the process in Palo Alto, we always go to a preliminary architecture review board hearing. After that preliminary hearing, you get feedback from the community members that come, as well as the architecture review board. And then we advance the project, and then we submit for final architectural, yeah. formal review of the architecture review board. Um, in, in this case, we met with this woman that. Um, that had come out at the preliminary hearing. Um, We reached out to another person in the neighborhood that had written a letter, couldn't come to the hearing, about concerns they had over privacy and so on. And uh, uh, we then tried to reach out to that person as well um, and uh, it turns out they they decided to move. They left the na- they left <laughs> the neighborhood. But you still no, had to go not. through
0: that entire process. So the pro- okay. so so this
2: is we're still going through the process. Okay. We made modifications to address this woman's concerns, and, and they were good. They were fine. We had no issues with them. We wanted the project to move forward. Well, what happened at the formal architecture review board hearing after this fourteen months of of review of reports and the sequel analysis and planning review is. The person that moved into the house, where this person had moved, that we had tried to reach out to but had moved, the new resident there no, don't came, tell me they came, in. came for the first oh, no. time to the formal ARB hearing, and they're certainly entitled to do that. Sure. But they had concerns over privacy, and so I'm <laughs> so, laughing; it's not uh, funny. No, but it's not funny yeah, at all. Right? Yeah. Um, but, but it's it's, <sighs> it's 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 just you know we find ourselves <sighs> wow. sort of stuck in this kind of. This process that it's not it's not fun for anybody, right? Yeah. And so I think there's there should be a requirement to reach out to the neighborhood. There needs to be earlier engagement so these kinds of blow-ups don't don't happen on a project. So yeah, so this this gentleman came out and appealed the project. We went and we met with them. We thought we were making some headway. And uh, the last thing at the last, we had a couple of meetings with this gentleman. Yeah. Uh, at the last meeting we had, he said, "Well, all right. There's only one more comment I have. Can you move the access to the underground parking garage?" And that's a new project essentially at that point. Oh. There's no way that you could do that. Yeah. Right? And so we had to say, "No, we couldn't." And that's what when was he, his response. And that's when he filed the appeal. So he, that's when he filed the appeal, and council agreed with uh, with, uh, with, with, with with the appeal. So the project was uh, was essentially killed. Yeah? This is
0: The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM.
1: The Burlingame-based Good Tidings Foundation supports the arts and education, athletics, and dreams from youth in communities of need throughout Northern California. The organization works closely with professional sports franchises and athletes, businesses, and government agencies to increase access to enriching opportunities for deserving youths this includes ongoing projects through school districts recreation departments and local cities tax-deductible donations of any amount are always welcome for more info visit goodtidings.org thank you
0: our guest today is ken hayes architect principal of the hayes group architects in redwood city california ken uh, You had an interesting uh, idea on a prospective solution, I think, requirement to reach out to the community beforehand. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about that? It sounds like it could be a good, effective plan for everybody.
2: Well, I mean, if if you're going to have something that can disrupt a project in such a big way, um, it's only fair, I think, um, for that community to figure out a way to alleviate that that risk. Um, And so one way to do that would be to engage the neighborhood. And it should be, and it's not um, currently, but it is in other communities, um, if, if, if projects are going to be allowed to, to, to be scrutinized like that okay. um, and allowed to let's say b- blow up at the end, um, there, there needs to be I think some uh, responsibility on the part of the community to engage earlier right So the okay. requirement should be at the before the, or at the preliminary stage, the residents either need to come or the applicant needs to to show that they have met with the neighbors and these are the concerns the neighborhood has okay and this is how we're going to address those now it may still be that they have an issue in the end um, but i think it would alleviate some of the the problems Um, palo alto has so every community is a little bit different in how they uh, structure their, their zoning ordinance how they Uh, put together maybe specific plans that they have for their community, and they usually focus kind of on the downtown. And So if I could just take a minute. Um, Certainly. So so Palo Alto's has always been wonderful because they don't dictate style. Right? Okay. Um, And that's why if you walk down University Avenue or the downtown, you see such a um, a variety of different Mm -hmm. architectural styles, very eclectic kind of look, and I think that's important for um, the dynamic of of a healthy downtown. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, and so... Um, they've always applied this standard called compatibility. You know, so is this building compatible with its surroundings? And there's different measurements for compatibility, and we can go back and talk about those if you'd like. But um, other communities, and so what, what is that? What that's done is it's allowed architects to be um, to be uh, self-expressive in a certain style um, or in a response to an architectural problem or solution um, without being told what to do specifically. All right? Just okay. show, that, show that you're compatible. Yeah. Um, in, in Menlo Park, um, one of the reasons we've got so many projects there right now um, is that not only the risk shift that we talked about earlier, um, but Menlo Park sort of has figured out sort of what their downtown needs to look like.
0: Okay. Um, I like so that, that word you said, risk shift.
2: The risk shift. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All and right. so it's it's moved. all right. Okay. Um, and uh, and so Menlo Park has a, a downtown precise plan um, where they have uh, evaluated and divided up the downtown into different z- districts let's say
0: is that the formal name downtown uh precise plan or is it
2: uh it is the formal name in in redwood city i'm not quite i forget what menlo park uh, menlo park downtown plan something like that but um it's about two years old i think um and uh they go by district by district they define the the height of the building um they too don't define the style of the architecture um but rather they define very restrictive height daylight plane and um uh, like facade breaks that they, they talk about. So um, if you have a, a site that's you know 75 feet long, um, they tell you that you have to comply with these standards. And these standards say for every 25 feet you have to have at least a 2 foot by 6 foot recess in the building. And that recess shall not only be on the ground, but it shall go all the way up the building and across the building and down potentially the other side. If you go more than 50 feet, you have to have a building break. And that building break needs to be forget 12 feet wide and six feet deep as, okay. a, as a minimum standard and and so they've gotten very precise about creating sort of a rhythm to the buildings in the downtown as well as El Camino Real. El Camino Real they have other standards but it's gotten very precise about the form. Okay. All right. Um, and and so that's that's still that's, that's not bad. Um, it it uh, gives you a framework but it's getting pretty precise in what you can and can't do with the form of the building. All right. Um, and so it it, it is. Uh, Does that minimize the
0: what do you what you call the compatibility compatibility of the buildings if you keep having those sort of uh, requirements?
2: Doesn't I think it would accentuate the. Compa- they're trying to sort of ex- they're trying to make them more compatible, okay. right? So the downtown All right. All right. is right. divided sort of into this modulation, right? Sure. The rhythm of the street is okay. real important. Rhythm of but the street. The rith- okay. rhythm of the street. But there's okay. but there's there's ways to achieve the rhythm of the street without okay. dictating that you have to do this, right? Okay. Um, and and, and uh, anyway, so it's 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 a framework within which we are working. We're, we're comfortable with it now. Um, we had our first project approved. where the Laurel, the- uh, I'm sorry, not the Laurel Theater, but the Park Theater uh, oh, nice. on on yeah. on, uh, on El Camino Real. Um, so we have a new mixed-use building going in there that that uh, that met all the requirements, and it was very easy. It went right right through. Um, it was approved unanimously at the Planning Commission, and there were no appeals because the, comun- the, the that? the community bought into the plan. Okay. The, ti- the time frame for that is still. Fourteen so, months. Okay, so when it was you, a long time. So fourteen yeah.
0: months, but the community bought into that plan. So did you did you um, uh, put in play your uh, initial let, let the neighborhood know what we're going to be doing?
2: So they they, they have that requirement. Okay, so, so that's so, a requirement. So, yeah. So okay. you you need to show okay. that you have reached out to the community. Okay. And so we had a community meeting. We showed them what we're doing. We tried to gather any um, concerns that what, they had. in the reality music is, festivities is or well, the problem is not everybody comes. They don't want to forget. Okay. So two people came. The next-door neighbor and somebody from uh, another development across the street, to, uh, fellow developer, wanted to come and <laughs> see what it was like to have one of these meetings, right? So uh, we had a similar experience in Palo Alto. Do you have hot dogs
0: and everything, or no? We
2: have, oh, yeah, not hot dogs, but yeah, we've got things to <laughs> eat. We've got stuff to drink. If, maybe okay. we should... <laughs> Advertise it a little bit better, um, but and so then the third community, uh, uh. Redwood City, has a different plan, and they there is is called the Downtown Precise Plan, okay. and we're working through our our second project there right now, which is an historic building on Main Street, um, that uh, it's an old brick building, and we're doing an addition to it, um, but Redwood City's Downtown Precise Plan is very precise about what you can do, and it dictates style, so it says in this district it needs to be. Neoclassical, um, you know, Spanish colonial, um, or you know, whatever style, French, whatever. So, but you're able to
0: adapt, of course. But it's uh,
2: it's very precise. Okay. All right. It tells you that your building has to have a base. It tells you that you have to have a middle. It tells you that you have to have a cap. It tells you that the middle of the building needs to have windows that are at least comprised this much area of the facade. Those windows need to have. These proportions, that middle of the building needs to have a three-foot cap. That cap can only project out so many feet. It's very prescriptive, recipe-like architecture. Disneyland sort of. A- yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. not. You know, I, it, again, the community bought into it. Is what yeah. it's what they it's what they wanted. It, it, it's, yeah. it's it's something that it, it, it was vetted for a number. I mean, I remember going to some of the the community outreach meetings, but it's it just ensures sort of. Um, sort of mediocrity in my opinion okay right it doesn't doesn't allow for that breakout sort of idea okay um, if you're so restricted within a framework um, so it's it's tough in my mind to work in that in that kind of environment
0: so you do but it's not a um,
2: right it's not fluid it's not yeah it's 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 prescriptive
0: okay it reminds me of a uh, something uh, um, C so B. DeMille you know yeah. this is out of architecture but yeah. I'm mean, he had said something rather interesting years ago and I don't know how I picked up on it but uh, um, you know, someone asked him why why was it so difficult? Why did he stop b- doing films? Um, and he said, "Oh, because it be- became too hard to be mediocre." <laughs> <I>
2: mean, <no. laughs> okay, yeah, that... so yeah, some, uh, same idea. Okay, yeah, same, I, I I would guess because he's probably, you know, producers are they're going to tell him what what yeah. they want in the movie, right? Or yeah. you know, how to how to do it, how to. Anyway, so it uh, is it a financial?
0: Yeah. I mean, because it's a relevant topic right now. Because I, I see, um, I think Redwood City is doing a really nice job with their downtown for sure. Yeah. And I wonder if other if other places, cities, start following that formula. Do you see that happening, or no? You think it'll, there'll always be individual
2: I, I choice? Think, well, you know what's been phenomenal in Redwood City is is how it has um, you know prompted so much rapid growth there. Um, so they figured out what they wanted to do. They made it very prescriptive. As long as you follow those prescriptive standards, and you have to submit a document. Uh, Is it just um, a document? Oh, it's or a no, oh, no. It's a okay. it's a it's a 15 page checklist. I've got a 15 page Excel spreadsheet that goes through all the aspects of the building, and you have to say whether you comply or don't comply with certain standards and guidelines. Well, you always have to comply with a standard or you have to get a variance, right? So you have to put this checklist together. But, I mean, Redwood City has had this explosive growth because as long as you follow those standards and the guidelines as best you can, your project is approved, right? And so the, okay. the risk, you can see the shift in risk um, has, has, has left from, the, from those places that are less predictable to those that are... Uh, that are much more, um, you know, safe from a risk-tolerance standpoint. Yeah, so Menlo
0: Park, what's so unique about so that? So I think they're probably
2: in the, in the middle, I think. Okay, for like, now. Is for it,
0: now. I'm saying 2017, let's say. No. Um, you don't see that changing in the next four or five years?
2: No, no, no. This is a new plan. So it's a new plan in Brooklyn City. It's a new plan in Menlo Park. So I would imagine it's going to be in place for a while. Um, and uh, they have a cap on the amount of square footage that can be built there, both on the commercial side... Um, and I think on the residential side as well, in both Redwood City and, and Menlo Park. So once they yeah. reach that cap, Redwood City's already reached the cap on the commercial side, so they can't add any more office space in Redwood City unless they go back in and and, um, and amend the environmental impact report to show that additional office space can be accommodated within the downtown. Yeah. Uh, Menlo Park has the same kind of restriction um, on, on their downtown plan. Okay. So once the cap's reached, then it's a new ballgame.
0: Now, some of the companies are, if you're at liberty to say that you've worked with commercially and what, what did you either like about some of the projects that you've done recently that are like, they, they allow you that sort of autonomy or uh, they say, Ken, you know what, here's what we kind of look for, but help us out. You, 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 you kind of know us a bit. You've been working with some numbers of years. What what do you
2: suggest? Do you
0: have a clientele that actually works with you that way?
2: so like I said earlier a lot of our clients are, are developers all right um, many of them are um, not not real experience some of them are not real experienced developers um, often um, they may be in at least in Palo Alto um, they, they may have inherited the property from their family right or the property's in a trust um, does so- that
0: change the dynamic if it's actually been passed down to them as opposed to they actually yeah, okay. so,
2: so it's a different it's a different attitude, I think. Oh, um, so okay. if if you if you have um, a developer that's got a group of investors and they're looking for a certain return on the project, mm-hmm. right, financial return on the project, they, they look at the um, they look at the project in a different way than someone that is going to build the project and keep the project and keep it in their family for years to come. Right, one sees it as an investment in a commodity. Okay. And the other one, I think, sees it as an investment, either, you know, in their in their community. Community, okay. Community versus commodity. I like that. Okay. So, so the um, is one better
0: than the other, or do you have a uh, favorite? uh, Well, I would I would much rather.
2: I I think the perspective investing of investing in buildings as a community, um, as the community, strengthening the community, investment in the business. Look at Stanford University, for example. I mean, the architecture they do here is wonderful. It's high quality. It's sustainable. Um, it's energy efficient. Um, they they are building buildings that they want to be around for hundred plus years. Yeah. Yes. Right. Look at the materials. Go out and look at the materials in these buildings. It's just it's it's exquisite. Right. Yeah. Um, now, what's great about Palo Alto is that the rents are so are so healthy there that oftentimes um, a developer um, wants to you know th- th- the sooner they can get the project approved um, the happier they'll be. Okay. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, they, they hire us because of our experience in navigating through that review and approval process, even though there's uncertainties. Um, but they're also, you know, interested in you um, sort of guiding them. Uh, what will it take to get this project approved? All right. So since we're doing these other projects in the downtown that have a high, you know, high quality of materiality and so on, mm-hmm. um, you know, this whole compatibility thing comes back and, you know, and, and competition And so they want their building to be just as nice or better than these other buildings that we're doing. So I have found that um, what's so joyful about working in Palo Alto, where you've got this incredible um, uh, sort of structure of of rents and and everyone that wants to be there, is that the quality of the buildings, I think, has been elevated um, quite a lot over some of the other um, communities. So um, even though it may be a developer project, um, they're committed to doing a great job because the non-developer projects that are being built by owners that are keeping these buildings and their families for a long time yeah. are are are, um, are interested in in investing in the community and doing buildings that are that are great buildings and you can work with quality.
0: with either
2: absolutely, either, Abso- either absolutely. Yeah. do you have a favorite yeah. i mean really well you learn something from either okay. one right okay. so uh, something that you might you know learn from a developer um, you know is that if they've if they've been doing it for a long time they have uh, they have a lot of experience that, that, that you can learn from them. In fact, a lot of um, the the financial analysis that I uh, would sort of go through on a project, I've learned from working with developers, right? Yeah. Um, I, I learn what they're what they're looking for, so that you can kind of talk the same language. All right. Um, so I enjoy that part of it because, like I said earlier on, I always wanted to be an architect developer. Yeah. Right. Um, I love doing architecture. I also like having an equity stake in a project because it's something that will stay around forever. Right, you're kind of building this annuity. Um, but uh, uh, for for the uh, for the building owner that's doing it for the first time, what's so wonderful about that process is that you can educate them. Yeah. Right. And so it's a it's a it's a learning experience. And um, you know, I I, uh, I hope that our, our, our clients. I know that our clients are are happy with what we've done for them um, so far. Yeah.
0: This is The Modern Architect, KZSU 90.1 FM Stanford. We are talking with Ken Hayes, architect and principal of the Hayes Group Architects in Redwood City, California, a premier architect in Palo Alto and the Silicon Valley.
1: The Loop with Drew Deep is on at 11 a.m. this Monday morning. The Loop is a radio show featuring electronic music ranging from house to techno, to down-tempo, and everything that's pretty good in the underground. Each week, the show features releases, exclusive mixes, top picks, interviews, and live guests to TJs from around the world. That's The Loop with Drew Deep, starting at 11 a.m. Stay tuned for more. Thank you.
0: Uh, Ken, you, you, you work, obviously, with commercial retail developers, even homeowners. Um, I'm curious as to the your work, when you work with, say, a uh, um, a hospitality uh, do you have to consider the 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 patrons do you consider guests
2: absolutely you, you kind of have to
0: yeah. i'm my, my my thoughts are you probably have to get involved with their actual business not just the structure of the building the interior is that
2: well so when i when i say hospitality yeah. I'm, I'm talking we've done you know kind of restaurant venues bars that sure. sort of thing we yeah. haven't done uh, hotel okay. um, uh, hotels at all um but uh um, yeah, through that, that visioning process that we talked about earlier, the programming, um, uh, trying to define. I mean, the first step in the design process is defining the, the, the problem, right? What, are, what what are we trying to solve? And so, um, we just did this uh, in Pal- in uh, I'm sorry, in Redwood City, in one of the new buildings in the downtown. Uh, we just finished uh, two weeks ago a, a wine bar. Uh, called uh, called crew. It opened uh, la- a week and a half ago. And
0: right the address? <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's run by uh, a local restaurateur, Donato. Okay. Um. And uh, and he has a, a restaurant there, um, and he wanted. Uh, he's from Northern Italy, and he has been, uh, you know, throughout Northern Italy looking at, uh, um, enotecas, uh, you know, wine bars that sort of thing, yeah. and so he had a lot of, uh, a lot of ideas about. Uh, what he wanted the space to look like. And and he had some concerns that we might be too modern. All right. Really? Right, coming into it. Because okay. you know, he's seen other projects that we've done. Right. And, and and working through that process with him by you know, he'd be on vacation and he would just like just inundate me with photos of, <laughs> of, of, of what about this? What about that? And so so you've got a lot of a, a lot of input, right? And then it's our yeah. job to sort of sort through it. And see how we can find common ground, right? So, because I'm not going to abandon what I what I love about architecture, right? What I look for is a way to take what the client is trying to achieve, and and figure out a way to to blend the two. Right? Yeah. So you have so, to have
0: really personal connection with them. It sounds like it's not. It, this isn't it, just a business transaction. Right. No. Business. It helps.
2: Yeah. Right. And so for something like that, no, yeah. you really you kind of need to get into their into their head and, and understand. And he's inundating you. What are that, they yeah. trying okay. to create? Because he's got okay. a he's got a, a definite image in his mind yeah. right um, and and so uh, so it was a fun project to work on and we're happy that uh, that he was able to open just uh, a week and a half ago
0: oh is that right so, oh, so great. I think
2: I think he's happy yeah yeah,
0: yeah. that's great so that's so, one example of if you having a look into your now how about some of the other you've worked with fortune even 100 companies how is that working so do you okay. have the same sort of uh, intimacies uh Personal friendships. So with certain, them?
2: it depends on the company. Okay. Uh, the ones that are that are that are more enjoyable to work with are those that that have uh, uh, project managers that are set up to sort of they're in charge of certain groups at the company, um, and so they're intimate with the user groups within the organization that they're responsible for. So someone might be responsible for the marcom group or you know, HR or mm-hmm. industrial design group or whatever it might be, and and you're pretty much interfacing with them. But, depending on the company, um, they, they're interested in, they, they call their, their, um, their staff the client, all right? So the, the project manager... again, they call the, their staff... The client. The so, client. Okay. Yeah, so, so the, the, you know, the project manager that we're working with, sort of, we're kind of a team, and we're together working to solve the client's problem. The client happens to be their colleagues at that company, right? Okay. But what's so wonderful about that is that they allow each client, if you will to be somewhat self-expressive about what they want their department to be like all right so you are able to get into what makes them tick all mm-hmm. right um you know what what do you find exciting um in uh, in the office environment in the different different environments depending on what the what that division does um might be a heads down kind of you know department or it might be more of a collaborative open kind of you know open field so um you have it, to gauge that
0: or do they, they?
2: Well, no. It, com- it comes. Okay. It comes through this this rigorous sort of you know the questioning process. process yeah, yeah, programming. The iteration. Um, I noticed yeah, she had yeah. that
0: word there, and I, and I go iteration. I've heard that before. And look yeah. it up. I go yes, yeah, yeah. the repeated so, processes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so okay.
2: the, the the process of design for me um, is is an iterative one. It, you know, you never nail it the first time. It's sort of it. It slowly evolves, sketch after sketch, overlay after overlay. I mean, you know, the most difficult thing. For me is to sit down in front of a blank piece of paper with a black pen and, uh, and take that first stroke. Um, you know, that, that first line, I mean, just think about it, you're looking at a blank piece of paper, okay. you're trying to solve a design problem, that first line that you put down sort of starts the process and it, and it influences what your next step's going to be and the step after that. So at some point you have to say, okay, that's an idea, I'll put it over there, how else can I look at this problem? Because the problem's not going to change, the design problem's the same. Okay. But your approach to a solution um, can change. So there's other companies that are more prescriptive. They have a look and feel. They want you to adhere to that um, because that's company wide. Do um, you work with a, you, you work with them obviously? Yeah, we work with yeah with both. So you
0: don't have one more so than another, or does it is, is there it, it always it, a, a, no, a range? It,
2: it's uh, yeah. It varies depending upon depending upon the workload. So okay. it may be that we're doing a lot for one particular kind of client at a time. Yeah. Um, we do a lot of private equity companies. Oh, do you? Um, okay. A lot of you know venture capital firms. Um, a lot of them have moved down off of Sand Hill. Um, and where too? Uh, Are we,
0: letting well, you? Well, so where? so so the yeah. the the
2: the, the, uh, the more senior generation of venture capitalists that had started their practices up on Sand Hill Road, which is sort of the mecca of of, of that. That industry, um, the next generation that came in, um, and it may be two generations now removed. I'm not sure, but they want something more than than what Sand Hill has to offer in terms of amenities. Okay. Right? They want to be part of a community. They want to be part of an active, collaborative community where where the young techie companies are starting up. Right. So what can you get done, you know, if you're not yeah. sort of immersed in the environment where everybody is? Yeah. There's right?
0: a vibrancy. There's right? a vi- Yeah.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So they've all kind of. Migrated, if you will, not all, but, you know, to downtown Palo Alto. So, okay. I don't know, we've probably done 10 um, venture capital firms in the, in the downtown. Um, and, and what's really interesting, it used to be that, that they would be, um, the, the office space would be essentially divided into, you know, offices for the partners on the glass, right? <laughs> you know, give us the glass wall, offices for the partners, and everybody else is in the center, and the support staff is, you know, someplace else. Uh, the last two that we've done, um, the the partners were very specific about wanting to be in an open environment. So they've shunned the glass, you know, the glass walls. Um, they've they've removed the offices from the perimeter, and they want to be immersed with the rest of their staff, so that, and with their fellow partners, so they can hear what they're working on. Uh-huh. So they can be, so they can be you know yeah. in the moment yeah. all the time.
0: In the moment all the time. And
2: so then you do you do phone booths. Um, they have to have a confidential call. They have we have little more more frequent and smaller, um, you know, meeting rooms or phone rooms. So if they've got to make a, a personal telephone call, or if they know they're going to be on a call it's going to be loud, they have a place to go. But yeah. their office environment is open. I think that's completely. interesting,
0: especially since we kind of we opened up with about the, your your culture,
2: mm, of, right? Uh, yeah. Of your,
0: of your, uh, your practice, no, my, my, right? Exactly, and and, and yeah. how it, I know we're in digital age, and uh, and even uh, with artific, uh, artificial intelligence is, is becoming in, in play of this. But I just think it, it seems like you can't erase or or even minimize the human element, and how that is actually facilitating some of the digital parts. So uh, I'm not sure if it's you need one more so than the other. I think you probably need both. And. Uh, the, the, the human element yeah. and,
2: the, and, the, and the way to get away from it. Unless that, you have another it. argument
0: right. against that, yeah. I'd be curious to yeah. hear it. But right. um, it seems like that's it. You said something really interesting just a few moments ago about the you know, you, the first one of the biggest challenges when you get a blank piece of paper yeah. and you have your pen or pencil and you have a, you, you draw your straight line. Right. You ever? It uh, may
2: you, not be a straight line. You got it. Yeah, that's <laughs> where I was going. Does it have to be yeah. a straight line? Yeah. Or Absolutely it, not. No. In hindsight, no. is it a straight line or yeah. is it
0: an arc? Yeah. It, it, just in your experience. Is it always or is it?
2: Oh, a... well, unfortunately, parking drives so much, so sometimes it's the parking stall, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. which is really a shame. Yeah, no, um, so uh, yeah. what yeah. is your thought oh, on yeah. that? It, it doesn't have to be that straight line. Uh, oh yeah, no, no. It's, okay. it's so it, it may be uh, it may be a gesture. It may be um, you know it, it may be related to you know how you feel right then, right? But okay. um, or or it, is there an essence to the to the to the program, right? Is there an essence to this? To this uh, this this um, problem that you're looking at, that you think can be solved by you know certain.
0: I love that. Is there an essence to the problem? <laughs> I've never heard it, a yeah. problem be described uh, as an essence. Yeah. Well, but so it, like
2: it, what comes uh, out of that problem okay. that you need okay. to respond to, right? In a way that you that may not be so obvious, uh, um, and then it, then the iterative process starts, awesome. and, then, and and then you're you're. you're uh, you had talked about, yeah. uh, offline, we had talked about uh, the quote from uh, David uh, Shrigley. Yeah. And you said design is about, or he okay. says, design is about form, whereas art is about ideas. And when I first, I had not heard that before. Okay. Um, and, and when I uh, when, when you introduced that quote to me, um, it sort of struck me um, uh, awkwardly. I, it seems like it, it diminishes design in okay. this statement and elevates the idea of, of idea, all right?
1: Okay. The idea yeah. of idea. The yeah.
2: art. Art is ideas. And and I think design is a process of, um, of experimentation. And art is actually the product of that experimentation. Um, so design is a process experimenting with ideas that results in what I would consider art. Um, and, and I know that he's talking about... Excellent. Uh, yeah. You know, but, but how do you evaluate? So an idea is no good unless you can express it. Right? And so... Is he saying that how do do you express this idea? If the idea is art and it's only in your head, how do you share that? Well, you've got to express it in in form, in the written word, in color on a painting, um, in something. And so I don't really care for that quote. Awesome. (laughs) Then
0: then we'll have to unlearn it. We'll have to unlearn the quote. (laughs) We'll unlearn it. (laughs) Ken, it's been a pleasure. And an honor having you today, really, really.
2: Is it really over? Yes. Unbelievable. I know. There's wow, so much this more. A, we're going to have to have you as another guest. Yeah, because I, yeah this was fun because we great. didn't cover a lot of stuff.
0: No, we've got much more. <laughs> You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dior. Our guest today has been Ken Hayes, architect and principal of the Hayes Group Architects. We've been talking today about diverse design and innovative practical architectural solutions. For more information, please go to www.thehaysgroup.com. That's www.thehaysgroup.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, building influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives.
1: The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The producer is McGregor Joyner, chief engineer, Mark Lawrence, recording engineer, Akshay Jaggi, and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. The production manager is Akshay, and the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kzsu.stanford.edu. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Modern Architect.